Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, this is the audio version of the Cultaholic Classic Nitro Review. You can watch the video version and take part in a future episode by going to patreon.com forward slash Cultaholic. It's showtime, folks! This is where the big boys play, huh? Woo! And look at Goldberg! He's ready! Oh, It's going to be the biggest battleground in the history of our sport. Welcome to the Classic Nitro Review! It's really quickly becoming whale song week on week, isn't it? Echo the Dolphin. <laughs> How could I forget? Great game. Why has that not come back? Because it, it, it made the jump to 3D and it... it and it jumped the shark. There's, or the dolphin. It's kind of like Sonic, right? Like when Sonic went 3D, it was, you know, there's some there's some fun. There's some good stuff, but there's just a lot of crap. And, and so Echo made the jump to 3D. It's I think, is it Defender of Time? The Dreamcast one? It was a time travel-y one. It was, it was yeah, it was pretty good, but I, I don't know. I don't, I think it had a PS2 outing, didn't it? I think they kept trying to make it go. Yes, but they ultimately did. kind of... You know, game and tastes were evolving. Mm. By by what, 2003, 2004, you could, you know, GTA, you could just go punch a person in the face, run over some people. Nobody really cared about the simplicity of dolphins communicating with alien races about saving the future. We are spoilt. Is the Wrestling! <laughs> Wrestling smashed it. Of course, uh, Whale Song is the sound Tony Schiavone makes Ooh. at the start of an episode of Monday Nitro, and that is what we're here to talk about. I am Tom Campbell, fake Geordie, radio presenter without portfolio, and I am with WCW boy of Cultaholic, Sam Driver. Hello. I like your hat. Thank you very much. It's very soft. It's very comfortable. What made you decide today to wear an hat? Because I couldn't be asked to do my hair. Oh, I see. My hair's getting to the point where it, it's I need it cut, and I just keep running out of time to, to book. And uh, yeah, I need to get it cut. But I'm, I'm also kind of like, I don't know if I'm going to keep sweeping it back. I might get it cut Ooh. different for the first time in like... Losing the fringe. My YouTube career. Oh. Losing the fringe. Isn't it? I don't have a fringe. The whole point is my hair's back. What's at the front then? Is this not this a fringe is, today? Yeah, but the, the, my hair's not. We just talked about this, Tom. I don't remember this conversation. Oh my God. I usually have my hair back. <laughs> <laughs> usually my hair's swept back. <laughs> and you didn't go around town in your pink Cadillac. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> what is the most radical new haircut or hairdo that you have done? Oh, I, I used to have really long hair, so I get my hair cut. Yeah. yeah, that was like shocking for a lot of people. I might grow it back out. Oh, I don't want to be like, I don't want to be like the big guy with with long hair because my hair when it, it's long, super like greasy for a bit until oh. it starts to get used to it. 
So I don't want to be like, you know, I don't want to be a fat guy on the end just kind of going, hello, everybody. <laughs> How are you doing today? When everybody walks into the office. So if I can lose a bit more weight, I might grow my hair long. I've got a silver streak in my hair as well. Ooh. Like a full-blown toast to London boy going on. So gonna keep keep dying it for now and then i'm just gonna embrace the gray i'm ready to embrace the gray uh any day now i thought my um, hair was thinning though like oh, you know when, you know when no. it starts to go gray and you're like oh fuck is my hair thinned? it's like no no it's just because it's silver as fuck and so it it looks like there's less hair there because i was just like because like <laughs> the lighter skin tone so it makes you think oh it's, no it's going yeah, you can kind of see through it as well because the hair's oh. like silvery but it's it's yeah. I might grow it out. I've we'll, got we'll I've, I've got a battle like plan. That'd be nice though. Yeah. I've got a battle plan in the event that I do start losing my hair. I don't think I will because my no no. I'm just gonna shave it. I see, just I, gonna go for it. I'm just gonna get gone. I'm gonna I, own it. I'm lucky in the way that I you know fingers crossed touching all of them would. Um, I don't think like it runs in either side of my family male pattern baldness. Mm. So like, I think I'm very lucky there. But if, if I was to start losing my hair, I'd be straight away getting it implanted. Oh, would you? Yeah. You'd be, you'd be plugging yeah, it to keep, I, it, keep, I, keep it kicking. I, my head is too big to be bald. Oh, no. Far too big. It's like playing a WWE 2K game and the big head mode on. <laughs> That's my life. <laughs> so hair, hair helps to kind of mask the size of it. Plus, I think my skull's lumpy. So oh. I just don't want to be bald. How do you know if you, like, have you have you run your hand through it before? My to... mom said that they cut my hair super short once, and she was like, you, you, "No, just mm. no." <laughs> I've got a really, I've got like a crack in my skull there as well. How'd you, no. how'd you crack your skull? No idea. Oh, parents don't know. Oh gosh, Is it, <laughs> do, how, do you just feel the crack then? It's just a huge crack. It's oh, just gosh. like a just a massive bump, like dint. Maybe you were like hit with a like wand there to there. Like Harry Potter. Yeah, weird. Could be. A uh, fun, grotesque fact before we get into the wrestling, I promise. Um, mm -hmm. I noticed when I had my hair cut really short. Yeah. Um, I got home and Alex said, you're bleeding. I was like, oh, that's exciting. And because uh, it turns out I've got a spot under yeah. my head there and they nicked it with the razor. Yeah. And every time it starts to heal over, I end up accidentally scratching my head and I bleed Let's get it again. some aftershave on it. It's going to hurt like hell. But uh, get aftershave some aftershave on, on it. it. It'll, aftershave or alcohol will dry it out. Oh, it's like any any kind of spot or anything. It sucks, and it's probably somebody's going to pop up and go. Well, actually, that's not right, and it's not Ooh. it's not true. But basically, um, yeah, the the alcohol and in it will like go and nuke the 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 wound, and it will dry out. I've got some Chanel on my person today. I might spray my yeah. head before I go out. Just with that medical. Take a little advice. dab on your finger when it kind of starts bleeding again, and just boop, and it will kill. It don't no, don't no, say I didn't warn you. I'm ready for it It'll to kill. Fucking rail. What a what but a be all right. What a, what a whirlwind the first five minutes have been. Echo the dolphin. Echo the dolphin to uh, healing wounds with alcohol. <laughs> Ironically, that's yeah. what I'm going to do because I'm going to the pub in a bit. You could say I'm <laughs> healing wounds with alcohol. Um, but we are here in 1995 to talk yes. about Monday Nitro from uh, this week, 20th November in the year of our Lord 1995. Yes. And before we get into it. Where are we uh, broadcasting from this week? Uh, we are broadcasting from... I've got it written down here. We are live as live can be. 
Oh, I haven't got it written down here. You know, I, was gonna, I don't know because I was going to ask because mullets were fucking on point. <laughs> the mullets were on point. Well, I tell you what, I've, I've made copious notes. The one note I didn't make was where Nitro is emanating from this particular oh, week. Restart. Do you know? No, no, oh my God. <laughs> Sam nearly flipped the table in <laughs> I sheer this horror. This table like, is wobbly as balls. We're in Georgia. The, Georgia. The Macon, Mason, Macon. Macon. M M A C O N. Uh, but yeah, as if like just it yeah, looks like it rhymes with bacon. bacon. Yeah, bacon, bacon. Beaten bacon, Georgia. Ate in a Waffle House there. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's all right. Oh, good. What, what took you? What took you to Macon, Georgia? Uh, just just traveling down to Mania. Oh, oh so yeah. you stopped at Macon. Yeah. Nice. Was that your only thing you did in Macon? Was stop for a Waffle House? Or uh, I stayed. I guess technically on the outskirts of Macon, but yeah, Waffle Ooh. House was the only thing I got up to in Macon, Georgia. What was your What was your choice on the menu at Waffle House? Uh, uh it was scattered, smothered, and covered. I don't know the fucking order, but Cornette was insistent. It was like. So you're with Cornette at the Waffle House? Yeah, it was part of the the, the thing we were shooting uh, at the time. But like, it was just eating at 3 a.m. after being stuck in a traffic jam for like. Five hours. <laughs> what's so. what's Jim Cornette like as table company at a Waffle House? He's fantastic. He, he never stops talking. But uh, <laughs> he, 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 it was more that, you know, he knows all the good greasy food. Mm. Like, that was something you didn't take lightly. It was like, hey, Jim, what's chicken fried chicken? He's <laughs> like, order it. It's amazing. <laughs> He'll just run down <laughs> everything for you. Uh, but, yeah, no, like, the Waffle House in and of itself was quite nice to hit up because like it was like a wrestling staple obviously mm. like there's no locks on the doors at a waffle house it's open it's just always open really it's so, always open well because like there's just it's 24 7 it's just waffle. always open Ooh, wow that's that's i never knew that about <laughs> waffle house what did jim Cornette order can you remember i, I can't like chicken fried was, chicken it was no it was like you you get your uh you get your waffles you get like your whatever you get with it uh and there's like they have a little plaque on the fucking wall and it's like, there are over six billion ways to make your order at Waffle House. <laughs> and, uh, we're just the only people in and there's just a massive flat fucking grill of staff who were just like dying. It's just 3 a.m. And in we walk just like, yeah, can we have a massive pile of food, please? <laughs> <laughs> See, I think this is the joy of me turning up and, and being a part of Cultaholic is because you guys, obviously, you've done all this, lived it and breathed it and you yeah. know all the stories. I'm a new person. It's like, tell me these stories. <laughs> Like, you went, like, for me, like, I know you, you kind of, you said, like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, when I went to the Waffle earlier, House, Jim Cornette, I'm like, oh, well, what's earlier, that? Earlier in the evening, uh, Kenny really needed a piss while we were stuck in the... Is Kenny McIntyre? Yeah, Kenny Mac needed a piss while we were stuck in the um, traffic jam. And I think he literally went to step out of the car. And as he went to step out of the car, there was just a police vehicle coming flying oh. down. And he was just like... Closed the door and <laughs> sat back down, just like, I need to piss, I need to piss, I need to... <laughs> Cornette just popped the door open and pissed out the door. I'll wait for your book. My book. Yeah! <laughs> I want story. I like stories like this. I do. I like stories like this. Um, more as, as the weeks go by. Uh, we're in November the 20th. Uh, number one in the UK charts uh, is, I believe, Slash Up on the Roof by Robson and Jerome. Still 
clutching onto that number one. Fucking bollocks this. <laughs> Absolute <laughs> shite. Absolute shit. Fucking bollocks. All those hardworking <laughs> 90s Eurobeat artists and Robson and Jerome are just fucking... They are dominating the mid-90s <laughs> with this bad boy. It's like Gabba doesn't even exist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mariah Carey holding court still in the US with fantasy. That's still number one. It's like Gabba doesn't even exist. <laughs> <laughs> to Wong Fu, thanks for everything. Julie Newmar still number one in the UK box office. Yeah. It's like Gabba doesn't exist. <laughs> uh, in the US box office, GoldenEye broke clear and present danger's record for the highest weekend debut for a spy film. That is number one. CP. Well done to Pierce Brohan. Uh, in other news around the music world, uh, Free as a Bird uh, is the brand new Beatles song this week. November 21st, Free as a Bird marked the first time a single containing new material from the Beatles was released since the long and winding road in 1970. Is it it new material or is it unreleased material? New material. McCartney, Harrison and Ringo Starr uh, wanted to record some incidental background music as a trio for an anthology project. They later realized, according to Ringo Starr, actually, we want to record some new music. So they always agreed that if one of them was not in the band, the others would never replace them. So they would and they would go out as the Beatles and that the yeah. other person that could be in it was John. But they decided, you know what, let's just us three do a new song. And That's they did. Cool. And That's really cool. Uh, but I hear what you're saying because so much of it is like, are you sure it's new or is it just like yeah. in a cupboard because it's crap? Yeah, <laughs> Sony have gone, Paul, we, you're not getting out of your fucking record deal. And he's gone, <laughs> look. Michael Jackson owns all of our shit. Just go ask him. <laughs> He's got like 50 songs. It's all in a trunk somewhere. Uh, but new music from the Beatles this week. But then on the 22nd of November, Toy Story, the first feature-length film created completely using computer-generated imagery, uh, was released in cinemas. What a groundbreaker this is. the first film I ever saw. Was it? Yeah. My parents made me like sit and watch TV quietly to prove because I was so excited and I wanted to go to the cinema really badly. So it was like I would have to sit and and, and not be a little asshole. Uh, (laughs) And like it it instilled, uh, you know, that belief in me that if I ever own a cinema brand, you talk once, you just get the film gets stopped and everybody should be allowed to slap you as hard as they can before you're kicked to the street. Bad for life. And you're, you're little, you have to join it like a social club. Your little cards ripped up and stapled to the wall. Aww. Just get out. Because <laughs> people like that that are killing the cinema experience and therefore making companies like Sony go, oh, we'll just release it at home as well. No, the cinema's important. It is important. Get out. I must admit, Alex had my life when we went to go and see Poirot. The new Poirot, oh, Death I on still the need Nile. to see it because, uh, yeah, the uh, fucking, what do you call it? The first one, Murder on the Orient Express, was very well done. Oh, it was great. Yeah. And this is just beautiful. But uh, we got about um, half an hour, three quarters of an hour into the film, and I just whispered to her, I think, I, I think I know who it is. <laughs> she just went, <laughs> Can you and imagine it, if they changed the ending? <laughs> bastards. Bastards. <laughs> And at the end, when the thing happened and they went, here's the reveal, Alex just saw me going. <laughs> I'm assuming you're a, uh, were you a Poirot kid? No, I'm not that old. <laughs> no, I mean like, did, did you? I read Agatha did, Christie did you when a... I was on my way to school. 
<laughs> did you have a parent who was like really into Poirot? Or anything? Not really. It was one. It was oh, a. Really? Sh- it was a show that was sometimes on the telly on a Sunday afternoon. See, we basically watched soaps and crime and wrestling. That was our <laughs> soaps, crime, crime and wrestling. So it was like we. I, I think I've seen nearly every Midsummer Murders, like every Taggart, <laughs> uh, every Poirot. Like it's just yeah, it, it's oh, it's proper like comfort stuff. That to me, it is. Yeah. And you and if you like the if you like uh, Murder on the Orient Express, yeah. you'll really like Poirot. Kenneth Branagh. It's absolute G. He's so and there's you know what Sterling cast. He's so good in it. And there's you know what there's loads of cool people in it as well. well his little mustache protector. Ah, it's, oh. it's so good. It's so good. I, this is funny. This is the second uh, classic review podcast I've gushed about. Uh, Hercule Poirot on, so we've got a we've got a real niche audience that that listens to this uh, drivel. But real quick, you talking about Toy Story? Yes, I I'll never fucking forget. I will never forget seeing Toy Story for the first time. It's like drilled into my brain. I remember going like, "There's no." My dad was just like, "It's all done on a computer." Like this isn't, and I couldn't fathom it. And it was so realistic, and it looked. And then you go back and watch it now, and it's like, "Fuck me," mm-hmm. like. <laughs> My brain like did a lot to dole this up like in the years since I'd originally watched it. And it was like, fuck, like we've come so far mm. in terms of CG. With just Pixar alone, if you compare Toy Story, it, like the latest output, it's like, what? Yeah. But like, fuck. That was like the lid off Pandora's box though, wasn't it? And it is amazing. Because once that came off, it's like, yeah, we got all the amazing animation, but then it just became CG. It kind of was the beginning of the end for a little while for like animation. Oh, it fucked it. Com- no, yeah. completely, completely fucked like traditional animation off. Like yeah. that was it. So, I mean, what was the the last traditional animated? I get what well, traditional, but last like two D animated Disney film was what Princess and the Frog. I think it's, was it Treasure Planet? No, Princess and the Frog came later. I it was think. Princess and the Frog. Then. You had uh, Atlantis. You had Treasure uh, Treasure Planet. You had um, so many. You had like Brother Bear. Yeah, you had like all these other ones, and it, it just—I—I I love that style, and I'm like desperate for Disney to come back to it. But it's just—they're mm. coming know. back. It's—it's it's coming back as a thing. Like, yeah, but it, it's—we're mm. gonna have to get through. You know, there's a lot, of, and I'm not complaining at all about you know like 3D animation. It's unbelievable what they're mm. capable of. But I just kind of really want to see some traditional, old school shit. Just, yeah. Oh. Chippendales, the, the Chippendale movie that's coming out in Looks May. interesting, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I like the look of yeah. that. That's, that's arguably what the... about Knuckles getting his own series, which better just be called Anne Knuckles. I haven't heard this news. Yeah, so they've greenlit so Sonic Knuckles 3. So Knuckles was Sonic the Hedgehog. So they've greenlit Sonic 3 and Knuckles is getting a spin-off series. Nice. Yeah. Uh, the, with the with Knuckles... Elba retaining the role. Excellent. With Knuckles, the spin-off series, do you have to click it into Sonic 3, the movie, in order to get the full experience? It's just, it's, it's an entire back series, back. but just like kind of him tacked on the side. <laughs> and it should just be called Anne Knuckles. Anne Knuckles. So it's if just, it was just called Anne like, Knuckles. Here's a famous scene from The Sopranos. You know, here's, here's a really big pivotal scene, and Knuckles is just kind of stood there looking in the fridge. My God, The Sopranos and Knuckles. <laughs> you do like Game of Thrones and Knuckles. Yeah. That's amazing. Piece of, all they've got to do is comp them in. And yeah, that's yeah. it. Pay, well, Disney have got the back catalogue. If they wanted to buy it wholesale from Sega. Disney basically may as well own countries at this point. At this point, they yeah. might as well. The do. United it's Kingdom alarming. brought to you by Disney. Sounds a lot better than brought to you by fascists. <laughs> so. Depends who you ask. Yeah. Um, speaking of television... <laughs> Waiting for this to be turned into a Disney movie. Princess Diana was on telly this week, admitting that she cheated on Prince Charles. This was the week of the um, the interview. Yeah, but does it really count when Charles was already kind of, you know, 
boinking. Camilla was already very much a thing. Mm. And uh, I think everybody kind of uh, has a place they sit on the whole Diana versus Charles argument. And I think there's about six whole people <laughs> sit on the Charles side. And they're all the ones you see on TV, proper piping off the royal family going, <laughs> well, you know, it's just how it is. It's just how the royal family, like Britain and England. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, but using my tax money, aren't they? Uh, I must go. I have to pay off In this woman case. I've never met yeah. <laughs> for a thing I didn't do. <laughs> this is political today. <laughs> This is very political, isn't it? PMQs, was there? So That's it. We're just wired at this point. Livid. Um, not much in the way of wrestling news from the WCW side this week. It's quite a quiet one. They're doing, yeah. they're doing a Make Good House show. Um, mm. this week in Denver, just gone. I'm assuming that's because they will have had to have cancelled if the Japan dates had lined up incorrectly. So the story goes, uh, they're doing it because when they did Nitro, they ran a deal where anyone who ordered the previous WCW pay-per-view show would get two free tickets to Nitro. However, many of the people were turned away at the door because Nitro sold out. <laughs> <laughs> It's like the most WCW thing in the fucking world. It is, and so, it is the tip of the iceberg guys, of WCW stuff. If you if you buy the fucking pay per view, we'll give you a free ticket. How many pay per views do we sell? Oh, I don't know. How many tickets have we got to give away? Sixty two thousand. It's like okay. Uh, <laughs> why the venue only holds twelve? Like, would <laughs> as if you wouldn't just have like okay, we've got like two thousand winners, and you just set aside two thousand seats. No, they just said just everybody. Fucking nosebleeds! You just said free seats. They don't need to be the expensive ones. I wonder whether they were just worried that like they wouldn't sell out Nitro. <laughs> Maybe they. You know, it's a good problem to have, isn't it? It's, it's a, a great it, problem to have. It isn't. It isn't because it's still going to cost you money to do a make good show. But at the same time, it's a good problem to have because it shows you know people aren't that engaged with what you're doing. Mm. And uh, you know, just on the point there, if you missed out the last couple of weeks, um, as I said, WCW have been in Japan. Uh, they had a couple, but they had a tape Nitro air last week. They was it? did, uh, and so yeah, we are back to the states. And what, like a few days prior, we just had some weird supercard between New Japan and WCW. That's it, yeah. yeah. And there was a few people missing from it. It wasn't massively well received. So there's a few questions in the air about, you know, their plans for Starcade at this point. Because yeah. the Starcade plan is to do WCW versus New Japan. Yeah. And they've kind of tested the water with it a little bit. And they've gone, oh, I don't know whether anybody wants. It's going to take effort to get this talent over. Mm. Do you think we want to fucking do that? So anyway, from the the Make Good House show, there was a 20 man battle royal. Uh, yep. Harlem Heat versus American Males. American okay. Males. American Males. American Males. American Males. American males. Uh, Lex Luger versus Mr. JL. Yep. Sting versus Kurosawa. Okay. Scott Norton versus The Giant. Yeah. Bunkhouse Buck and Dirty Dick Slater versus The Blue Bloods. Yeah. D.I.M. and Dallas Page versus Johnny B. Bad. Yeah. And Alex Wright versus Disco Inferno. So it's uh, for WCW, that's a. Uh, Pretty strong WCW card. It's pretty sad that uh, don't they end up? Oh god, this is that's a bit weird, isn't it? 1995, the start of Nitro. They're already piling Alex right in with Disco Inferno. 2001, the end of Nitro. <laughs> Post Columbine, it was like, oh, we can't have him having an industrial rock gimmick. No, um, we know you Berlin and you're super German and industrial, but we're just going <laughs> to stick you with Disco Inferno. Get out there and dance. Dance. <laughs> Some things <laughs> never change. Um, Benoit versus Guerrero has got a lot of love on WCW Saturday night just the other night. Uh, yeah. The best WCW match of the year, according to many, many critics. If you focus away from the announcing and concentrate on the work, which is what we try and do with Nitro, yeah. to be fair, uh, Dave gave it four and a half stars. 
which was, and it was well above matches they'd had on Nitro that have also been very good. But yeah. apparently, seek out the one on WCW Saturday night between Benoit and Guerrero because it was Saturday a barnstormer. It, it's not so constricted as Nitro is because Nitro is very much the, the hard sell show, right? So mm. Saturday night's a bit more open. And yes. so you get a little bit more experimentation, a little bit more fun. Exactly. Uh, we are live as live can be. As live as live can get, uh, according to Eric, Eric Bischoff from Macon, Georgia. Bischoff, Heenan, Mongo, and Pepe are at Nitro, ready for tonight's main event. Hulk Hogan versus Sting. Bischoff calls this the Super Bowl of say, wrestling. The Super Bowl of wrestling. Just not, no Just, hyperbole. Yeah, no hyperbole there. In any way, shape, or form. On a good note, Pepe the Cowboy. He's in a little cow print cowboy outfit. 11 out of 10 Pepe. He's such a good dog. I want to get like a board with a little picture of him. That's what oh, we're gonna do. We're little... just gonna every single week. We're just gonna stick each Pepe on it. Just just a whole like a, a, pepe, a Pepe for all seasons. Yeah, and then I'll take it home and and cuddle it while I sleep. If I knew Pablo would be that good, I'd have him <laughs> sat here on this desk where we're recording. But I know he'd just wander off and, yeah. and push over a light. <laughs> little bastard, I love him. Um, <laughs> anyway. Bischoff's practically begging us to not turn over the channel. Yes. This is a war they need to win tonight because uh, they they lost last week. They yeah. need to win this week. And throughout the evening, he is going to make uh, several allusions to the other side. So it's like, you know, if you're watching the other guys, you're currently watching adverts, but not here. Now here we're live and blah, 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 blah like standard bollocks. But wait till, wait till we get to the main event and I'll tell you how yeah. Raw countered it and how Raw... Whilst didn't win, certainly took a chunk out of WCW. <laughs> Let's this see him predict this, and out wow. comes like I don't know. Give me a name from the era. Uh, Manta. Out comes Manta, <laughs> and he just does a shit on the ramp. It's like <laughs> Bischoff could not predict that. Call that, that your bellend. <laughs> We open, and I thought, and I thought of you because I thought, okay, this is yep. a nice start for you. We start with Scott Flash Norton versus. No, 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 no. It's just Scott Flash Norton, and then out he comes, and then out he comes, and then out he comes, just, you know, making his slow ass Scott Norton way down the ramp to his music that's for some reason barely audible. Oh, it's just kind of like, it's, imagine Jaws, but with extra steps. That's essentially. <laughs> His theme. But he gets about three quarters of the way down the ramp, and behind him, you can just see John Tenser, <laughs> the shark, my boy. But he's like comedically running in slow motion for the longest run in you'll ever see in your fucking life. And then he gets about a good 15 feet from him and just goes and then lays him out. It, it's. Utterly baffling. <laughs> they don't. They don't mention at all that it's going to be Norton versus Shark. They just assume that you know because the rivalry's been going on for six whole years yeah. that we we need to get these people. You know we can't. How the fuck are we going to function if we don't see the Shark and and. Norton. My way or the highway. Uh, before we get into the rigors of this match, um, the, the nickname Flash caught my ear and they explained it because I don't think they've called him Scott Flash Norton on Nitro until not, today. Uh, yeah, they might have called him on TV, but maybe not on Nitro. But Eric Bischoff explains he got the name Flash from his career as an arm wrestler. Quote. He got it from flashing people well, in the street. Funny you say that because, quote, Bischoff says qu verbatim, You'd lock up with him and he'd flash you. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> I don't think he knows he's what like, that lock means. Lock up with him and he's just like, woo! <laughs> Get his Johnson out. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, so he, 
I think it's because he beats you in a flash at arm wrestling because, you know, he's so strong. He just does. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but Bischoff saying he'd flash you well, yeah. <laughs> it makes it makes it very a very different, uh, a very, Norton, very different strategy. Scott Norton, uh, what we're getting right now is that Eric Bischoff is stating, stating as a fact, definitely, Eric Bischoff, not us, definitely, that Scott Norton would go into arm wrestling competitions knowing that maybe he wouldn't win, but he would just quickly whip the dick out. <laughs> just really quickly, like, whoa! And then when the opponent went, what are you doing? What's, what's a lovely dick? Oh, I've lost. <laughs> Flash caught me out again. Damn it. We have a beefy boy battle that starts on the, on the outside of the ring after comical running shark plows oh, into Norton. God. Belly to belly from Shark onto Norton. Mongo gives us the line, this is surf and turf, baby. A shark versus a rhinoceros. Did you ever do like a martial art? I did karate for one day. Did they make you, no. Did, do you remember like gymnastics in school where they'd make you pull all the mats out of the cupboard? Yeah. Imagine like doing that for two hours, just getting those mats, pulling them out and putting them down and then taking them and putting them back and then bringing them and putting them down. That was the passion. The passion that that would bring to you is what was on display in this match. <laughs> it was like two laborers in your house who were just <laughs> sick. Just They've been moving your shit out of the back room for six hours waiting to paint, but they can't. That was the energy this match gave me. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Whilst that energy was slow and plodding and, and basically more than their jobs yeah. were, uh, Bischoff on commentary once again telling you not to switch over. And instead of turning over the channel, right, you could turn over the channel and see what's happening elsewhere. No, instead, pick up the phone and ring Mike Tanay on an expensive hotline. <laughs> $5.99 a minute. Not only will he tell you all of the wrestling pay-per-view news, uh. but you'll hear about a wrestler leaving WCW today. Yeah. Do you know who they were talking about? Easy Warlord. It is not Warlord. It's a good guess, but it's not right. Not Warlord? Uh, what was he called? Renegade. It is a good guess, but it's not right. Mm. It is somebody that we have talked about on this very podcast. That could be anybody. Mm. Who is it? True. It was Sabu. Nobody owns fucking Sabu. WCW kind of did. So... Wrestling Observer. Sabu returns. That's like me going, you know, like, oh, I don't know, like, Cody Rhodes is leaving WCPW because he doesn't come back for two months. Like, <laughs> Sabu will be back. There's no way he won't be. It's Sabu. The idea of Cody Rhodes leaving anywhere is ridiculous, <laughs> quite frankly. I don't know what, what a weird example to bring like, up. He's clearly AEW for life. Sabu is just like, what? <laughs> so the story goes, Sabu returned to the ECW arena in an unannounced match on Saturday, beating Hack Myers in a move that has a number of political ramifications. According to Heyman, Sabu and Heyman reached a deal on the, uh, on the 1st of November for Sabu to appear on the show, but Heyman wanted to keep it a surprise. The two agreed for Sabu to work only the one show at which press time is all they'd been officially agreed to, although there is obviously a good chance Sabu will be back as a regular. Now, Sabu, working the ECW date, 
is interesting, particularly since it was kept a secret from WCW management. And that put Sabu in a tenuous position. Because Sabu, who had left for a Japan tour at press time yep. and wasn't able to be reached, had told another reporter for leaving that he called Bischoff on the 20th of November. Bischoff said, I'm too busy to talk to you right now. <laughs> so Sabu went to Japan, not mentioning ECW. He um, said, Sabu then said that he'd watched Nitro, heard Bischoff on commentary talking about a wrestler who was no longer with the company. Sabu rang the hotline to be I told Sabu this. has left WCW. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, start strong. Start strong with your firing. Uh, it's, it's, uh, yeah. But, but again, not, a, not uh, you're right in what you say that he was on a, a, per, a per show deal. Yeah, it, it's like Sabu, anybody who's like that big a name on the indie scene at this time mm. is still very much, you know, like a, a, they're just seen as a traveling wrestler. Yes. So like Sabu, you know, you could see him on WCW, but everybody knows he's got some ECW stuff going on. Mm. Like maybe not at this time. And maybe while this all came during a fallout period between Sabu and ECW, whatever, but you know, it's not as if you're only going to see Sabu in one place. Mm. Like you will very much likely see Sabu somewhere else down the line because Sabu just wrestles, all over the place. Yes. Like, and that's why he's, you know, beloved in a way. That's it. That's exactly it. That's Those the crack. Skeezy trying to fucking <laughs> say. I mean, technically, yes, he was under contract. He was let go. It was. It is all. It does make sense. I think it's more a case of 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 that sort of respect to your who's employing you. Now, obviously, yeah. Bischoff didn't award him the same respect. Yeah. But yeah. the whole idea that, you know, you're on Nitro, you're on our program. Yeah. Like, if you're doing other stuff, let us know because we can yeah your nay it. Oh, yeah. Well, you know. that's the thing. But at the same time, if Bischoff's going to uh, be like, I'm not talking to him. I'm far too busy. Then <laughs> you kind of got it coming. <laughs> yes, there is that. Anyway, back to the back to the uh, lifting the blue mats of a match between yes. Scott Norton and Shark. Norton beats Shark with a hefty power slam. Oh, it's hefty. It's, it's very hefty. Shark is back up immediately after the three count and they start pushing and shoving. We are far from over. The feud must continue. This is John Tenter. <laughs> this is Scott Norton. It'll How never have end. they sucked the joy <laughs> out of such a monumental meeting? It's I a shame, isn't it? Yeah. You, that could have been like, so you could have put that on Saturday night, had it go on last, and just had them tear the place to shreds. That would have been fine. You could have just let them go fine. out there and give them an hour. <laughs> Let them go to an hour-long draw, right? <sighs> Let them go to an hour-long draw. Imagine the and sweat. then Norton just grabs Bischoff when Bischoff comes running out and just snaps him <laughs> over his knee. And then Tenter just grabs a hold of Mongo and just takes a bite out of him. And, you know, we could mm -hmm. we could do all sorts of stuff. Then Tenter dives into a paddling pool <laughs> and it, like, swims away. Other people where, where we were going on Flight of Fancy... Like, like we, like you have just then. Like, I kind of like think that's cool, that's fun. But my concern is that you have genuine power because you're the guy that booked Goldberg versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Don't make 36. me do it again. That's why I'm slightly nervous <laughs> when you go onto these because, like, you, you, you have a, you have a, a power that is of not of this world. I just need to watch a few more Roman entrances from different angles and go, is that? So a bit of crash pad there, Roman. God. Check the receipts. Yeah. Sam Driver booked Roman versus so Goldberg. So if we can do that, but I, who do we want? Not Disco. Who do we want from the roster? Okay, from the from yeah. WCW. Uh, well, American Males, obviously. Okay, American Males uh, versus uh, Hogan and Savage. Well, we can't we can't have Savage. Uh, oh, oh yeah, we can't, can we? Because he's um, yeah, yeah. Um, Hogan. And, oh, better yet, let's do 
<laughs> American males versus Zodiac and um, Meng from <laughs> the Dungeon of Doom with Kevin Sullivan in there. I don't know corner. what to do with any of that. <laughs> I can't exactly sit and watch a Scotty Riggs entrance, can I? I need the American males to be together doing right. something active, Tom. Oh, my God. I can't just summon somebody out of nothing. Sting. Okay. Versus. Right. Who can Sting face? Scott, Nor Scott Norton. Get a Sting Norton at Mania. You it's can a stretch, do that. but we can do it. We just Sting need to get Norton, Norton to just do a couple of dates for New Japan. Yeah. And then maybe we'll do a Forbidden Door thing where he comes in. Sting accidentally falls over and I just say that Norton did it. Now, everybody listening <laughs> needs to go along with it. We all need to just... I'm going to Photoshop something with Sting just doing this. Yeah. And like Norton falling over or whoever falls, whichever way it is. Or better yet, if Sting botches on Dynamite, we just blame Scott Norton. Now, what the fuck am I thinking? I'll just take a still of each of their entrances and just stick a little bit of foam pad by their foot. Yeah. Go, God, look at you in the 90s with your foam pad. Look at you foam padding it, you weirdo. Be like, God, at least I didn't have a bigger foam pad like Sting. And then that's, <laughs> that's all you got to do. <laughs> Keep an eye on it. We get a commercial for WCW World War Three. It's next week. Uh, oh a bit my of God. bit of bit we'll of finally stop hearing about yeah. it. Bit of admin, a uh, bit of work admin. We're going to do pizza and watch this next week one night. Yeah, pizza and beer in World War Three. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Sounds good. I've, I do. I must admit, uh, with the current with the current social economic climate, I'm very nervous about releasing a podcast called World War Three. Uh, but we'll do it anyway. <laughs> hey, you never know. It might do it really might well. All coincide at the same time. <laughs> we might be watching one of it. Life's great irony. We might be watching it as World War Three is going drafted on. to the. East Eastern Front. <laughs> You'll do well. You have a lovely time. <laughs> just, just tell Putin that the foam pad next to his hand. <laughs> I don't want to play that game. You've seen what he can do. You saw Solisbury. Ah, oh, we chose chaos today. Yeah, we chose chaos. Uh, after the commercial for World War Three, I read a lot about Russia and its political state and <laughs> scary, the, 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 the oligarchy, and I do not want to piss that bear off. So. I, I think the most I, the most research I did is that epic rap battles of history where they did yep. all the Russian leaders. Um, <laughs> World War Three uh, is coming next week. Uh, the 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 pay per view from 1995. Dear God, please let that be all there is. Um, I was really waiting for you to do <laughs> Russia number one. <laughs> Start doing the <laughs> <laughs> Tui. <laughs> Tui. If Iron Sheik turns up, then we certainly will have a great time. Just swinging around the fucking way. <laughs> what were they called? Those like kebab meat yeah, things no, that he has. They're, they're, they're like proper, um, they're like pins, aren't they? I can't remember. They've Bowling got an actual name. They're like Hang weighted. On. Hang on. Iron, I'm going to Google it's, it. It's like, it's fucking, you know when you see him just doing all that stuff? Like yeah. That's like incredibly hard to do. So for him to just stand there doing it with ease is like intimidation. It just looks it's, like he's trying to take off. I can't remember who I was like, who I was listening to an interview with, or somebody was talking about it. But it was like, oh yeah, like trying to do that shit. It's like you, you, you'd be amazed at how strong he must be. Yeah, like because because it genuine, as you say, it's, it's like very... the, the the center of weight on it and everything's just like the most awful Persian clubs. That's it. There you go. If you like a lot of wrestling on your YouTube, Persian clubs. <laughs> 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Oh, commercial World War Three airs. The Taskmaster and Jimmy Hart are chatting to me and Gene Oakland on the ramp. Jimmy, the way you're stirring the pot, it's really starting to smell says Mean Gene Oakland. Does he know how phrases work? Because last week he did the whole walks like a duck, acts like a duck, and quacks like a rat. Yes. Uh, And we have uh, Jimmy Hart, as he's referred to as the original Benedict Arnold, which wouldn't that make Jimmy Hart the original Benedict Arnold, as he said, so it would be a Jimmy Hart. Yeah, exactly. I think the original Benedict Arnold was indeed Benedict Arnold. Although I would fucking love to see Jimmy Hart back then, you know, just kind of spoiling... Or trying to support the biggest traitor in American history. Boo, Benedict Arnold. Boo. John, what Jimmy would that look like? There, like squeaking into his microphone. <laughs> yeah, baby, take over, baby. Uh, Jimmy Hart causes division between Sting and Hogan, saying Hogan's got a new bestie in Randy Savage, and Sting's been left out. Kevin Sullivan then says exactly the same thing he said last week. He's hard sell. Hard sell. World War Three, giant, can't lose a battle royal, etc., etc. But we get the greatest line in promo history. Go you on. can take your pipe bombs, you can take your Austin 316s, you can stick them up your fucking ass. Because this promo here, this little interview on the ramp, gives us the line... From Sullivan, with all of the intensity you can imagine. We've waited a long time for the immortal Hulk Hogan to be in the ring with a bunch of us. (laughs) I think that's the closing line. And then (laughs) Mean Gene kind of wraps up. Jimmy Hart nudges him, whispers something. Sullivan kind of looks a bit pissed and walks off. And then we get a commentary who then start talking about Savage. Like, like <laughs> Eric's line is like, well, like those guys were saying, Savage. It's like, they were fucking talking about Savage. <laughs> so he just completely screwed up. He just forgot where he was and just get, didn't get the line. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Maybe. 
<laughs> it, was, it was a mess. Uh, we're getting apparently next Ric Flair versus Eddie Guerrero, which so, I was buzzing for. Yeah, and then naturally out comes uh, Disco Inferno. Promoting his CD. Now, I can't find this CD anywhere, so I think it was just made up. I think, no, the, the, I'm sure that, although I don't know, it might have just been the amount of times I've seen him posing with it. I just yeah. figured it must have been a real thing. No, I couldn't find it on eBay or anywhere. What is it? Like two sides of just disco fever. I guess that for nine hours. Yeah. <laughs> it's the original nine hour YouTube loop. No wonder he's just he's sat in a dark room, turning a light on and off. <laughs> it's just as it's hammering round. No wonder he's so cross. <laughs> Eddie Guerrero pushes his way past Disco Inferno for the match. Ric Flair comes out next, flanked by Brian Pillman, but Flair is in street clothes. Mm. And I put here, gutted. I was really excited for Flair versus Guerrero. Oh no, Guerrero versus Pillman. What I mean, a shame. that's all right as well, I guess. Uh, the Observer writes, Flair will be out of action with a shoulder injury until after the Christmas break. On the pay-per-view, Sting will wrestle either Pillman or Anderson since Benoit is wrestling Suzaki. Savage will work against Luger and the presumption, and, and this seems to change at a moment's notice, is that he may have surgery after the pay-per-view show and be out after that point. So there's a few little notes about everybody involved there, but bit of Savage, but whatever. But the main one here being Flair being out of action with a shoulder injury until after Christmas. And you know what? The crowd couldn't give a shit about this match mm. until it spilled to the floor. Yeah, they were a bit... They were, too, they were too dead. Big. They were sat on their hands. Like, there was, you know, your occasional ooing and ahhing, like, for little spots and kind of nice exchanges. But, like, it was, you know, it wasn't anything particularly incredible to write home about, but it still ticked, you know, those bish boxes. And, mm. you know, they spilled to the outside. And only when I think uh, Pillman dives to the outside first and then Eddie follows up with the same dive he hit like three weeks ago. Um, and then the crowd wakes up. Then the crowd's on board. Uh, but it just took took a while, didn't it? It really did. Uh, and it's quite an aggressive one with dives to the outside, as you yeah. say, and then a lot of strikes and punches and, mm. and, and a lot of smack talk. Eddie Guerrero says, you stink to Brian Pillman. And Eddie, Eddie sells well. Like when... <laughs> um, when Rick obviously comes down in street clothes, he's like confused. Mm. And when he realizes he's going to be wrestling Pillman, commentary are kind of doing a good job of it as well as he's looking annoyed because it's like, well, he's been preparing all week for Ric Flair. Now he's on the back foot and Pillman's really kind of milking every little bit of it that he can. But yeah, the crowd just sat on their hands. Uh, they kind of came alive when Pillman spat in Eddie oh, Guerrero's yeah. face. Yeah, when, when they get any kind of uh, proper like hard fighting, mm. ugly fighting, hard fighting stuff like face spitting and bites and chewing and stuff. And they're into it then, yeah, aren't they? Because they, they were into it when Guerrero, after that, did a double leg takedown in response yes. and just started leathering Pillman with punches really hard to the face. Uh, Pillman lured Eddie near the ropes where he suplexes into the outside but misses a dive out of the ring yeah. from there. Uh, Eddie gets crotched on the top rope to finish this match mm -hmm. and Mongo says, Guerrero will be parting his hair to go to the bathroom tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> uh, interesting line. I, just, I stopped thinking about that for a second before I got it. There's a... Uh, uh, about five whole exchanges real quick when he gets crotched where it's like I don't want to see that replay again. I don't want to see that replay again I don't want to see I don't want to see you get the ball he gets in the balls basically it was, uh, fun. Guerrero counters the superplex with a frog splash for a very popular three count yes. excellent match and I did miss this I want to go back to it and very quickly mention it um, that Guerrero in this match lands an iconic flying body press to the outside yes. like one that you will see in 
in highlight reels, uh, in documentaries about WCW forever. It's the one where, where Pillman is in the entrance ramp and Guerrero just vaults over the turnbuckle. Yeah. And just the height, the distance, Jesus And Christ. the angle, everything works well. Oh, God, yeah. it's perfect. Terrifying. Can I handle the next segment? Of course you can, gorgeous. We see a recap of Randy getting the shit kicked out of him for helping handle Hogan's bollocks. <laughs> He thought got a big laugh well. from the outside as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, like a studio audience. It's brilliant. <laughs> and he did. He got the fucking kick, shit kicked yeah, out of him for so, going to sort out I mean, it, the it's, bollocks it's, of Hogan. It's recap. People know that last week was taped, so there oh. might have been a bit of a drop-off. But yeah, we had um, uh, essentially the, the whole Sting situation. This is all part of it. Uh, but Savage gets attacked by the dungeon, and then Luger comes out. They start targeting the arm. Uh, and so we needed just a recap of that because, you know, Savage is about to come out for the main event in like a couple of matches time in a sling. So mm. you need that explaining away. But then Bischoff is, he's really like, he, he throws shadow here towards like, he reminds me of Tony Khan a little bit. Yeah. Because Khan is very affected by news written about AEW. Right. He is, we've seen it. He's very touchy when. No, know, he's not. Even though he writes lovely checks for us, he's very touchy. No, he's not. He bloody, he bloody is, mate. He's better than the Fed. He's kicked off at me at he's least He's better once. than the Fed. <laughs> um, Bischoff is speculating that this injury that Savage suffered, he's yeah. saying maybe the injury isn't what we think it is. The reason he's saying that is because in The Observer, they've mentioned that Savage has an elbow injury and might be out of action. So this yeah. is Bischoff... Who probably he, he is injured, but Bischoff mm. is going. Well, no, he might not be, but he is. Oh, the scummy, dirty sheet said that it was his elbow. Really, it's the, the ligament by his elbow. <laughs> you, yeah, you, you don't know everything, do you, Maeve <laughs> Delta? <laughs> that is your real name. We get a proper 90s clash here. Big Bubba Rogers, formerly known as the Big Boss Man, taking on Road Warrior Hawk, who is who is synonymous with refusing to sell anything, like a I crap double glazing salesman. <laughs> I love Bubba. He's just a bloke in a hat. Yeah. He's just a bloke in a hat. This is the... <laughs> This is the second. He has a pocket protector. It's the second gimmick for for Bubba, or is it the third since so, joined Dubsy Dub? Yeah. So he was Big Bubba Rogers first. Mm -hmm. Now he's just Big Bubba. No, no. There was one between the two. There was one between the two. Mm. Was he a corrections officer? No, he was the guardian angel. Do you remember the guardian angel? It's ringing a bell. Hang on, I'm going to pull up a picture for you of Ray Trailer as the guardian angel. How good is Ray Trailer though? Yeah, he's so a big good. lad. Big lad on campus. That's Ray Trailer as the guardian angel. Oh, yeah, yeah. There he's he is. one of those street safe people. That's he? it. And it was yeah. like, we can't call him the big boss, man. I'm sure they called him the boss. I might be uh, wrong. They, well, I imagine they would have alluded to Tried it. Tried it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but this is uh, just big Bubba Rogers, as you say, guy in a hat. Yeah. Taking on Hawk. <laughs> Hawk batters, Bubba. And a striped shirt, and yeah. <laughs> this is, uh, as you said, it's explosive, it's comic booky, it's like a nice slice of the late 80s, uh, but this match is kind of plagued by one thing, <laughs> and it's Bubba's time-traveling pockets. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even... <laughs> From the people that brought you Williams Wish Wellingtons, Bubba's it's Bubba's time-traveling <laughs> pockets. <laughs> So, <laughs> so 
So yeah, uh, Bubba's getting flattened. Bubba's getting flattened by uh, by Hawk. Uh, I'm just gonna have a quick check if there's anything else that goes on before there's, we. There's there's one little bit of commentary that I desperately want to bring up. Right. So um, Mongo. Um, Mongo and Heenan are getting into a back and forth. Yeah. And Heenan's wishing somebody would come and yes. give Mongo a punch in the face or whatever. And Mongo says on commentary, I wish somebody would jump up and give me some grief. But I ha- I watch these with the subtitles on. Yeah. Just so I don't miss any little <laughs> notes. And the subtitles push this out as, I wish somebody would jump up and give me some grapes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't have my headphones on at that point. I went, what did you he say? <laughs> I wish somebody would jump up and give me some grapes. Watch uh, it on the network. He wishes somebody would jump up and give him some grapes. So, <laughs> like a Roman emperor. <laughs> We've, well, Ric Flair has it. Ric Flair has it. <laughs> he has great. Uh, Ric Flair used to have the I whole... I guess they're pushed back in nowadays. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it must have happened before now, right? Like, 93, 94, Flair had the little table with... Uh, oh, he's been fed grapes. Being fed grapes by his various valets. Uh, but, essentially, this match is weird. It's kind of... Uh, it, it, it's... It's very WCW. There's a whole mm-hmm. weapons moment that just never comes to pass because it's stopped by interference. So just to run down how the match ends, Bubba has a roll of quarters in his hand and he's about he's trying to tape his hand up. He's about to use it against Hawk, but then out comes Jim Duggan down the longest ramp in the fucking as we established earlier with Tenta. Um, <laughs> pulls him out. It kind of all falls apart and, and eventually... Um, yeah, Hawk wins, right? Yeah, so what so, happens is, because Duggan pulls on Bubba as he's yeah. trying to attach the roller quarters to his hand with tape, yeah. of course, he dropped earlier. Um, but then as Duggan pulls his leg, Bubba's hand knocks into his head on the descent. Of course. So he knocks himself out with his own I know weapon. that's where I was watching. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but essentially, the, the whole concept of Bubba's time-traveling pockets comes at the very start of the match so there's a a bit of a brawl bit of the opening exchange going back and forth and Bubba is driven into the corner now Bubba goes to kick Hawk Hawk grabs the leg he goes to kick with his only other spare leg grabs it and so like Bubba is now being suspended by his legs he's holding onto the ropes in the corner and you know he's going to get pancaked right so Hawk's pulling back and then as this is happening it's not very clear but the roll of quarters all of a sudden falls out mm-hmm. of his pockets because Bubba is just wearing suit pants. And you know how slippy suit pants pockets are. Yes. So out falls the roll of quarters. Uh, and then we kind of keep fighting. Bubba's got him back in his pocket. But Mongo sees Bubba putting it back in his pocket and then goes for the... He's got a weapon! <laughs> <laughs> While he he's just put it away. So now he definitely doesn't have a weapon in either hand. Bischoff and Heenan are trying to cover for it. And then eventually he goes for the weapon and they've got to be like, oh, he does have a weapon. It's such a mess. And it's just so fucking... Mongo just misread the cue. Uh, just brilliant. Just brilliant. Bless I love Mongo. moments like that. Like with the commentary, especially when it's like, I don't know what you're on about. <laughs> I saw it. Shut up, Mongo. Have some grapes. I'm trying to give you an ounce. <laughs> I want some grapes. Uh, yeah, so fun match. It's leading to Big Bubba versus Hacksaw Jim Duggan at World War Three. Yeah, we will get at World War Three when we watch it next week. A wonderful segment involving Jim Duggan that I'm so excited to share. It's probably the, one of my favourite bits of non WWF Jim Duggan is next week on the podcast. Oh, oh my excited. god, it's so good! Uh, main event o'clock. This is the heavily hyped. 
heavily pushed main event, the Super Bowl of wrestling yeah. that we're going to see right now, mentioned that last week that Hulk Hogan doesn't trust Sting, so he wants to face him next week. Because that he can't just have a conversation with him. Nope. Can't nope. ring him. He's got to fight and him. also, Randy completely failed in his mission because Randy was like, hey, Hulkster, I know that you really don't want to be here, buddy. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go and find out who's on your side and who isn't until I get my arm broken by... <laughs> Meng. <laughs> It's just, it's just lying there, arm laid out. And it's like, what was the point of Savage coming back? What yeah. was the point? It was ridiculous. It was. Uh, but he is back this week, and Randy Savage is in Hulk Hogan's corner. He leads. He, he walks out to the ring to Hulk Hogan's music, which I'm sure yes. Randy loved doing. Uh, At least it out. wasn't real American. There is that. There is that. And, it's the, and, he's, and he's ushering for Hogan to come out. And Hulk, Randy, with the arm in a sling, beckoning Hogan to come out through the entrance ramp. And Sting is in the ring waiting for this match to begin. Hogan comes through the crowd. And I, right, I genuinely think Hogan had an idea in his head for how this would go. Yeah. And, and I think he, he rejigged this on the fly because he was surprised at the reaction. Yeah. Because he walked out to the ring. to He looked like he was going to jump Sting. Yeah. And the crowd are fucking booing. Yeah. They are booing and booing. But Hogan is doing the ear cupping. He's doing that. Shall I get him, brother? Shall I get him? They're booing the shit out of him. Yep. And I and inst- and I genuinely think he was meant to wallop Sting from behind. I think so, but because it kind of devolves into an awkward like taps him on the shoulder, and Sting turns around, and Hogan's taken off his little Phantom of the Opera mask. Oh yeah, a little mask on as well. Yeah. Didn't he? But one thing I'd like to note here is that you could see that Sting is in Hogan's colors, or you can see this as what it really is. Now, Sting is in red and yellow, and Hogan is in, like, uh, he's just in all black gear. So Hogan, I for me, well, Sting represents McDonald's, and Hogan represents, you know, the, the Angus flame-grilled <laughs> patty of Burger King. So Ooh. who is really going to win? Now, the answer we'll find out in a bit. It, it, it really isn't as clear-cut, but... It's the burger battle. I think, you know, McDonald's definitely had the Angus burger. In this ah, one, definitely. The old burger battle, I see. Yeah. I never thought of it like that. I will take your word That's for it. That's how I'm going to review all wrestling now. As burgers? Yeah. Okay. In fact, we'll go back and we'll do the rest of the show. I was going to ask if we could. So Scott Norton and the Shark. Five guys versus... That... I mean, it's the Shark. He's a fillet of fish, right? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Nice. Lovely, lovely. Um, Guerrero versus Pillman. I don't know. Oh, um, would it be would it be like um like a an angry whopper like those the the ones with the jalapeno poppers in and stuff. Brian like Pillman makes me like I don't know. I see it. It's that. I don't. I think Eddie Guerrero is a little bit more complex than just a Mexican burger. I don't know. I was thinking more the angry whopper being Pillman. Oh, the angry whopper <laughs> being Pillman. No, I see Pillman Why? as like. Uh, I don't know. Pillman's Pillman's more like an In and Out burger. He's like fancy and sophisticated oh, if you're foreign. Okay. Like I see an In and Out and I'm like, ooh, and everybody else is like, it's just an In and Out burger. See, I think. <laughs> do, you th- do you think there is that that we have that sophistication about In and Out burger because we don't have In and Out burger probably in yeah. and around here? Who's wimpy? wimpy? Oh, Disco Inferno's wimpy. He's wimpy. Yeah, <laughs> he's blatantly wimpy. Big Wim- Bubba. Now, Big Bubba, Big Bubba. I think he is the burger that you get from that weird sort of fast food place that's open at two in the morning. He's, yeah, like a, a, a van burger. Like or he's, Caspian pizza. He's, or... The, um, he's the, the Weatherspoon's gourmet burger that comes with nine oh, onion rings. Oh, nice. Like, you know, it's, it's a lot. 
it's a lot, but you know, it's a lot of crowd pleasers in one. Oh, nice! <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, your your references for burgers, wrestlers as burgers, please. At the Sam that's, Driver. That's all we're doing now. Wrestlers as burgers. That's yeah, the rest so of this podcast. Both the results. <laughs> what happens? We will do the results for this one, and then we'll, right. and then from now on, it'll only be burgers. Um, the match begins with Hogan sucks chance raining down. Hogan is being fucking booed. Sting is being fucking cheered. You love to hear it. It genuinely feels like Hulk Hogan is an invading heel force, and Sting is the WCW superhero, which is even funnier, because yep. in Hogan's head, it should be the other way around, brother, brother, brother. Do you think this is where the uh, trepidation for going heel in 96 comes from? Yeah, a big part. I think a big part of it, I think with... Hogan. Because obviously, financially, his managers went, you're not fucking paying us with that amount of money. Yeah. You're was... going gonna, gonna to stay face and you're going to keep buttering my fucking bank account, Terry's what you're going to do. Hogan was very concerned about the merch sales dropping yeah. as, a, as a heel. And I think this little thing, whilst it wasn't treated as a heel turn, weirdly, right, this has shades many years ahead of, of Stone Cold Steve Austin. A la the baby face. The broken that, glass. That acts like a <laughs> That acts like a heel. Like, yeah, yeah. he's hitting stunners, shaved his head. He didn't need to, he's bold anyway. Um but don't mention his hair, he hates that. Um but it's it's that idea of the baby face who acts like a heel. It, and again, I'm looking at this through the machinations of Hulk Hogan, like how Hogan would see it. Like we don't see it that way. We see yeah. Hogan's being a cunt and he's <laughs> And he's just trying to be a baddie, but yeah. as a goodie, like to the point where he's walking around with a fucking sword. But he's been, he's been like, he's been the baby face for so long mm. that I sure like, and it's the only thing that's worked. Like he, you know, he, he did all right. But like when he became Vince McMahon's big baby face, that was it. Yeah. So like, it, it's like, he doesn't know anything else now. <laughs> Yeah, because he's so therefore that's why he's walking around with a sword yeah. and a hood. And he thinks well, that's what a bad guy does, isn't it? And also, it's a very clever. Like Hogan's always been a master strategist, yeah. right? This whole story of Hogan being pulled to the dark side, like mm -hmm. like going deep into himself. It's a great cover for people booing him. Oh yeah, we saw Gene Oakland literally say it when he came out for an interview that one time and he had the, he had the neck brace on after he was attacked by the giant. He was all in black. Crowd are booing him. And Gene's like, well, the crowd are booing Hogan because he's not in his traditional colors. Gene said this on the mic. They're booing him because he's all in black. Like, it's a great cover for the fact that the crowd are fucking done That's with tight. Terry. Yeah, they, they're, they're, they're over past mania. They're done with it all. But one thing I will say is that either his, uh, his vagrant friends who were like really <laughs> who were never angry, mentioned again? Who were never mentioned again? Uh, his his friends either uh, you know really put him through some drills, or Hogan was running around that graveyard digging up corpse after corpse and teaching himself some shit because he locks in a crucifix armbar. <laughs> oh, he certainly flipping does. He rolls into it. I was like, who the fuck's this? Hogan can do a wrestle. He can. There was there's some footage so from Japan alien. of him doing a it's wrestle. It's so alien to see him just roll into a crucifix and it's like what the what yeah that was uh, <laughs> and it's a bit technical for Hogan this match yeah. like there's long there's long headlock spots and arm bars and and and, and arm holes and arm ringers and stuff but mainly Hogan on, on offense until Sting fights back yeah he goes to put the scorpion deathlock on Hogan hulks up out of it to booze Sting dodges a leg drop to cheers he still gets the whoo Ooh, oh, he gets all that bullshit yeah. in. But the second he starts really going, and that's why, you know, it kind of does lend a lot of credence to what, 
Gene's saying, even though it is bullshit. Yeah, because yeah. they, they kind of come around a little bit as he's doing the yeah. who, 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 oh, punch in the face. Like, but, but big pop when Sting dodges the leg drop yeah. and goes to the deathlock once more. But before he... Oh, God, when he goes for the second deathlock, mm. yeah, the crowd goes wild. Yeah, they want, it, they want, they want Hogan tapping out. He's calling for Randy to help him. Yeah, and he's, he's hugging the referee <laughs> who is much further away than the rope. <laughs> Just like, uh. Before he can tap, though, the dungeon of fucking doom in the ring for the disqualification. Booze all around. The giant comes out. Hogan and Sting manage to overpower the giant by both grabbing a steel chair yes. and running at yeah. the giant. <laughs> to send him out of the like ring. Like a Red Rover, <laughs> but <Basically>. in reverse. <laughs> um, what a what a what a sad main event. Like we, I think we were ready for something a little bit. We've just had the Dungeon of Doom for so fucking long now. So so long. How, uh, Bischoff was very keen to have people not turn over the channel at any point, particularly during the main event. Do you know why? Uh, what's WWF doing right now? So. On the other channel, it's Shawn Michaels versus Owen Harm. Oh, see, no, no. He's already told me that I'd be watching adverts. <laughs> oh, wow. It's just an hour of adverts, right? No. What it oh, is... I can't trust him? You absolutely cannot trust him. Eric Bischoff. As the... As the and if I've got my timings on this right, as the Sting-Hogan match is getting underway, uh, Owen Hart is hitting an enziguri on Shawn Michaels. <laughs> Shawn Michaels is sending Owen Hart barreling out of the ring... And then Shawn Michaels collapses. Ooh. And the commentary stops. Ooh. And everything stops. And the last 10 minutes of Raw are medics, Vince and Jerry Lawler, all coming into the ring. Shawn Michaels receiving gas and air. Like, he's done. He's out cold. So what we need here is for to Hogan to work so hard, which is why we put him in with Sting, that he mm. needs medical attention. <laughs> and then out comes the Dungeon of Doom, disguised as the Dungeon of Doom, when we really know they're all paramedics, to, to save the day. Yeah, <laughs> if, if, if That's basically, if they'd done that, it might have been a very different story. <laughs> Hogan Sting drew a 2.5 to Raw's 2.3. Now, Nitro won, but Raw, with that stunt, drew many eyes away from it. Like, it was a bold move from WWF to try something so out of the it's box. It's about time they did it, though. It's about time they did something yeah. different. And this begins a story that basically sets Shawn Michaels up to be the... the the guy, the guy. Yeah. on the other side. And it starts here. And I was just fascinated by the fact that that was happening as they were heavily hyping Hogan and Sting. And they were so concerned because I think Bischoff maybe knew this was going to be a weird move. I don't trust them. Don't turn the channel. Don't turn the channel. Don't change the channel. Don't change. All night, the message has been, do not change the channel because you might see something really Hulk's interesting. coming up in a bit. Yeah. Just stay around. Uh, just to kind of sum it up, though, I think, you know, if, when we look at the Dungeon of Doom, <laughs> what do you reckon? Because I reckon Dungeon Bunch of, of Doom, fucking losers. They're, they're the outliers. So I think Dungeon <laughs> of Doom is headed by Sullivan, who is, you know, maybe like a Taco Bell. He's got a KFC. He's got some sway, but he ain't number one. Okay, okay. Uh, he ain't even number two, you know. And it repeats on you. One of them is a Subway. Um, one of them is like Costa. You know, like, he's just a panini. What is a Costa panini? <laughs> <laughs> Who are you calling to, a Costa To be honest, panini? at this point, John Tentamay is well oh. being a Costa panini as the shark. But a I, tuna crunch panini, at least. Yeah, at least, at least. Tuna but I'm trying to think, panini. well, like, what else, What other outlying brands have we got? What would the giant be? Be a Whopper? 
he's big. The giant would be a whopper, or yeah. Or Big Mac. Big. I don't know. Quarter pounder with I'm cheese. just thinking in terms of like actual companies. But yeah, in terms of actual meals, I don't even know. You know, I think somebody's got to be a meal deal. Who's the meal deal? Oh, Brutus is the fucking meal Brutus deal. Brutus is the fucking meal fucking deal. Fucking beefer. Like, beefer know, is the three pound meal deal bag of crisps full bottle of pop jobby. That's that's beefer. All you're only interested because it's extra units for your money. Right? Yeah, you're not you're interested getting, in the quality. You're getting more food per food. <laughs> your meal deal. <laughs> he, he, he is. It's a, like it's not only the beefer. He can also be Ed Leslie or the Zodiac. <laughs> Ed Leslie is the meal deal. <laughs> That's in, that's incredible. That's incredible. So um, from the Observer, WCW put what should have been on paper its ultimate never-before-seen match: Hulk Hogan versus Sting. To counter the WWF going live during the sweeps one day after a pay-per-view show in which it was going to switch the title, even though which it did at Survivor Series, yeah. even though WWF had overall by far the superior show, as is usually the case, WCW won on the night with a Hogan Sting match, drawing 2.5 and a 3.6 share to WWF's 2.3 and a 3.3 share. Neither figure can be considered successful. The Hogan Sting Dream match drew a lower number than the Flair Anderson Cage match, which shows even with the best match possible, Hogan has no juice left to have a major impact on ratings. No juice, eh? We'll see about that. <laughs> Not since the steroid trial. <laughs> uh, nevertheless, WCW's Nitro is geared more towards beating WWF, and as long as that happens, it doesn't really matter what the numbers are. It is a cause for celebration. <laughs> well, it's true. Like, <laughs> ratings were king, right? That's, That's all it, it was about. It was all about that Monday number. Back from break, Kevin Sullivan and Jimmy Hart are roughing up Bobby Heenan for some reason on commentary. They snap his headset. They snap <laughs> <laughs> his headset. Sullivan's screaming that Sting and Hogan are out of here. He's and not even saying words, to be honest, is he? It's just like, Sting! Mm-hmm. Hogan! And Hart's just squeaking away. It's a weird bit to end on. <laughs> like that, over the top of it all. They scuttle off. Bischoff does the final push for World War Three in six days' time. And we're out of here for fun. No, true. Thoughts on this week's episode? I think that I'm going to go out there and say it. It's going to sound controversial, <laughs> but I think people will agree if they just listen to the argument. Okay. Sting is the uh, Greg Sausage roll. <laughs> Re- he's okay. versatile. Right. He's a fan favorite. Cheap. Surfer Sting, anyway, is the Greg Sausage roll. Oh, yeah. You know, you can dress it up however you want. It's, it's still, you know, just it works. It does well. It's very well loved. Sting is the Greg Sausage roll. What would Crow Sting be? Oh, he's like... Maybe he's the vegan sausage roll. I was wondering whether you yeah. go vegan sausage roll. Because <laughs> he's still, he's still, you know, it's the same thing. Mm. Just, it just tastes the same. It's just a little bit different. A little bit more pale, some would say. Because it is pretty pale it when is... you look at it. It's pretty sad looking next to the normal one. <laughs> it does lack that it depth of color. <laughs> well, such is life when you're made out of old newspapers. <laughs> <laughs> what? And are we sticking with Hogan being um, a, burger, a Burger King? Uh, well, at the minute, Hogan is yeah. the Hogan's the uh, Angus beef flame grilled, you know, patty. Yes, but I I'd say overall, you know who Hogan really is. Hogan's the Big Mac. Hogan is just straightforward. Oh, I like fast food. You know, I like wrestling. People immediately think of Hulk Hogan. Wow. You like McDonald's? People immediately think of a burger. Hogan is just McDonald's, isn't he? He is. Red and yellow. He's the McDonald's of wrestling, and uh, his story will be told next week 
when he is one of the three giants, because fuck you, at WCW World War Three. Uh, we are getting ourselves a 60-man, three-ring, battle royal oh that God. will end the Royal Rumble forever! That's the genuine fear it's, from the WWF. It's a spectacle. It's a spectacle. But just imagine, you know how annoying the 40-man rumble was? Imagine 20 more men in three rings and even more confusing rules. Oh, bring the action. <laughs> we'll be offering a live watch-along presentation. Oh of World WCW World War Three 1995 when we are next together on the Cultaholic Classic Night Show Review. And until that time, he is at the Sam Driver on Twitter. I am at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Don't get that way. I'm at Cultaholic on Twitter. Don't forget to tell us. I'm Tony Schiavone. I'll be a Starbucks at some point. This your wrestlers is fast food. Tweet them. Let's just turn that into what we do now. <laughs> Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 